The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. More than 40% of people in their 40s and 50s have both an aging parent and a child under the age of 21. Caring for people in multiple generations demands time, love, attention, and more. Welcome to Caught Between Generations with your host, Dr. Merrill Griff. Our program will bring you the information you need as a family caregiver for everyone for whom you care. With guest experts and resources to help you keep sane and organized. Now, here is Dr. Merrill Griff. Welcome to Caught Between Generations, and I'm so pleased you decided to share this time with us. I realize how busy you are as a caregiver and often how overwhelmed and stressed you are, so it really means a lot to me that you've taken the time and decided to join us today. Thank you so much for doing that. So in the first part of our show, we're going to face some of our fears and anxieties with Dr. Friedman Schraub, and he's going to answer our questions about understanding and redirecting these types of feelings, which he believes lies in the subconscious mind. He's going to share with us his really breakthrough program that has helped thousands of people worldwide to overcome these emotional challenges. And then in the second half, after we're done feeling maybe a little anxious and a little fearful, Kathy Walsh will be joining us to provide tips for creating peaceful habits for our families, resulting in a more joyful and balanced life. But we begin with Dr. Schwab, who's the author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, A Breakthrough Process for Healing and Empowerment with Your Subconscious Mind. He's a very, very interesting background. He is a physician and he's also also a molecular biologist. He recognized that our self-healing abilities can only function effectively when mind, body, and spirit are in alignment. Welcome to Caught Between Generations, Dr. Schaub. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm glad uh, that I can be here and talk a little bit about my favorite subject, fear and anxiety. <laughs> it sounds so strange to hear someone say their favorite subject <laughs> is fear and anxiety. Usually we're running in the opposite direction of that discussion. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> well, I think that the reason is just that we feel so powerless and so overwhelmed when we are anxious or afraid, and we just don't know what to do with it. You know, we have other sensations, hungry, sleepy, thirsty. We all have responses to that, but when we feel fear and anxiety, we are just paralyzed by the sheer intensity. And, and so part of uh, what is important for people to realize that fear and anxiety is really not our enemy and it's not something that bites us or we have to run away from. In fact, if we do run away from it, it creates the opposite of feeling better. It, it creates actually a prolonging of that fear and anxiety uh, challenge that many of us are dealing with. 
Dr. Shaw, what is, though, the difference between fear and anxiety? Or maybe there isn't a difference. And, and how does it feel different when you're experiencing it? Well, I think it's uh, in some ways I feel it's semantics because uh, I often hear people talking about fear when others would say, well, this describes anxiety and vice versa. I mean, often fear is more specific, fear of flying, fear of uh, standing in front of people and giving a talk and anxiety may be more you know, abstract and more looming uh, feeling of uncertainty or not being safe, but they have the same source. They both come from the subconscious mind. They both are created usually early in our lives. They both have the same purpose, which is to protect us. So I, I kind of uh, throw them together and, uh, and see them more as maybe uh, very close cousins or twins than something very different. So, I mean, a certain amount of anxiety or, or fear, I mean, in certain situations would seem to me to be normal. I mean, you have a new job, you've just moved to a new city, you're a first-time parent or a first-time caregiver. I mean, what's the difference between anxiety and fear and just plain old worry? You know, I'm in a new situation, I'm just a little uneasier, I'm a little worried. You know, Absolutely. Fear, anxiety is something that has been with us since probably we have any kind of conscious thoughts. And uh, you can see fear and anxiety in animals. I mean, it's, it's a very natural emotion that has been preserved throughout evolutions and it has its place. The problem is that we are creating fear and anxiety in situations that are not really warranting it. I mean, how many times do we uh, play the what-if game and uh, imagining things that could happen to us or our loved ones that are not happening. I mean, like uh, Mark Twain said, you know, I'm, I went through so many traumas in my life and most of them never happened. But in our head, we create them. So it's more the problem with fear and anxiety when it becomes almost like our foundation, our default setting, that we are concerned about everything, that we feel at any moment something bad may occur, or that we are, in general, feel like that we are a failure or the shoe going to drop, and we are living like that. That's the chronic fear and anxiety state that uh, creates not only uh, you know, discomfort and certainly not a very happy setting for a uh, fulfilling life, but it also has some serious health issues as consequences of that. So what makes your approach unique? What makes well, it different? I, I'm not sure that uh, we can, you know, in one sentence explain that, but let's, let's say when you go through this process, you will no longer see fear and anxiety as something to be afraid of, but really as something that's more an an inner compass, uh, a friend, an ally that leads you along the path of your life. And, and that's really exciting because the people that are able to face their fears, not in a way of just doing it anyhow, even though we are afraid, but really looking at where does my fear come from? What is it trying to tell me? What's the message behind it? What they realize is that the fear is similar to pain something that has been pointing out to them that there is something not right there, that they are out of balance, that there is a wound from the past they haven't healed, 
that there are certain kind of beliefs they still hold on to, even though they're limiting, ultimately that they don't really have a good relationship to themselves or the world they're living in. And so the fear is simply the symptom of a bigger and deeper issue that once they resolve it, leads them usually to greater confidence and a much greater sense of self-awareness and self-appreciation. So, you know, talking to people after years that they have been uh, gone through this process and they're, you know, I'm often touching base with them and asking, so how, how are you doing after all these years? And, uh, and they said, you know, my, my life has changed through the fear and anxiety. It really helped me to become a better person. It helped me to live a more full life. It helped me to open my heart. So that is maybe the biggest difference that we are seeing fear and anxiety as an opportunity to grow and not as some disease or illness or some uh, inconvenience that we have to suppress or get rid of. So uh, central to, to your work is the subconscious, the work that you do on the, and in explaining the subconscious. Can you explain that to us? Because it sounds, you know, very abstract and esoteric. Well, the subconscious is certainly anything but esoteric. It's pretty much the the part of our mind that is more powerful than the conscious mind, simply because it is able to process more. It's able to hold more information. Uh, In fact, about 70 to 80% of our daily activities are uh, controlled by the subconscious mind. So, that subconscious mind is basically that deeper part of our consciousness that is responsible for our emotions, for our memories, for our automatic patterns. You know, often we are driving to work completely spaced out, thinking about something very different. We are not really in the car, but someone is driving. Someone is pushing the brakes. Or how often are we not really thinking about a memory and then boom, there may be a smell or there may be a sound and it just comes up. All of those things are part of the subconscious mind. So there is a lot of potential there. Studies even show that when we make decisions subconsciously, meaning like we are more trusting intuitively what is right than overthinking it, that in the vast amount of cases, these decisions are better. And so there is certainly an advantage to be able to have the subconscious mind on your side. Unfortunately, the subconscious has one problem, which is it does the same thing it has originally learned until you are basically teaching and guiding your subconscious in another direction. And what I mean with that is, you know, eating is a good example. A lot of people uh, grow up uh, with maybe a, a mother who loves to cook and shows love through a meal and then they are told, you know, well, you have to eat uh, everything on the plate uh, because otherwise, you know, the weather going to be bad or I'm going to be upset. And, and so later on, they have in their mind that food is love, that food is comfort. And that is something that is subconsciously imprinted. And the subconscious does continue this pattern until we are explaining that this is no longer what we want to do and this is no longer the association we want to have, and we want to change that. And that's exactly what we can do with anxiety as well, because, you know, often we learn anxiety early on, the anxiety to always be perfect and 
always make sure that everyone is okay with us or the anxiety of not standing out and not being visible. All of those patterns are survival patterns that we are learning early on in life and, and the subconscious continues to execute those patterns until it is able to listen to the conscious guidance and change those patterns. But in order for this to happen, we cannot just do this intellectually by talking about it. We have to learn to speak the language of the subconscious mind. We have to learn to work consciously with the subconscious mind, which is exactly what the Fear and Anxiety Solution book is teaching you. It, it, it's, it's interesting to me, but it, it sounds... It sounds difficult. And and after the break, I I really want to talk to you about some of the specific um, techniques like negative self-talk and seeing ourselves as a victim. But I I want to do that um, after the break. So we only have like a minute left. So I just want to ask you just an out-of-the-park strange question, but, you know, about anxiety. And that is since it's the fall and we're getting into the holiday season, um, Thanksgiving and the rest of the holidays. So why is it? That so much, so many people are so anxious and stressed during this time. For many people, it's not so happy. Well, it's exactly that uh, you know resurgence of these old patterns that uh, the holidays create inside of us or reactivate inside of us. Because the holidays are all about family, and we usually get together with family. And so, if you have been always a pleaser. You're going to go into stress mode because you want to have it all nice for everyone. You're going to buy presents more than you can afford. You're going to just cook until you know you cannot stand on your feet anymore. That's a pattern that you may have done all the time. If you always felt criticized by the people of, you know, of your upbringing, even though they may not be even there, it's just like the association that the holidays brings up with this is a family gathering – you may just feel like, oh, my God, I have to brace myself. I cannot really speak up. I cannot really talk about uh, what's really going on, so I'm going to hide out. So there are so many um, of those anxiety patterns that get triggered through the holidays that most of us are telling ourselves, oh, this is the most beautiful time of the year, but most of us need a vacation afterwards because it's so (laughs) stressful and so exhausting. It's really not enjoyable. I want you to hold that thought, and we'll talk about that a little bit more and how that applies to caregiving. Uh, We'll be right back with Dr. Friedman Schwab, and we'll be talking more about fear and anxiety solution. Stay with us. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. At Sarah Care, we provide daytime activities in health related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. 
Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-Care.com. It's time to experience radical well-being. Learn to nourish your heart, body, and mind. Manifest your power in the present and learn to live your life's infinite potential. It's time to experience Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio with host Rochelle McLaughlin. Each week, you'll learn about essential skills and knowledge to help you discover and create your own experience of health and well-being. And learn to be empowered to take bold and loving action toward manifesting the life you long for. Tune in every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. To Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. Uh, This is Dr. Merrill, and I'm here with Dr. Friedman Schaub, who is a physician and a microbiologist and, more importantly, maybe, the author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, a breakthrough process for healing and empowerment with your subconscious mind. So I want to return uh, a little bit to what you were saying before the break, because we were talking about the holidays and people return to old patterns, even when the families aren't there. Um, And they try so hard to please to the point of completely stressing themselves out and getting very anxious. And during the break, I was talking to Dr. Schaub about that's a pattern that I see very often um, with caregivers, especially for parents and for spouses. Um, where suddenly they become a child again and their relationships with their siblings and their relationships with a parent that they're taking care of um, suddenly regresses um, back to the old patterns again and they get very, very anxious and they complain very often to us of feeling very anxious. I mean, Dr. Shaw, what's your comment on that? Well, I think there are actually two things that happen which make it hard as a as a child, as an adult person to take care of your parents. One is that the mere presence of the parents can bring up these old patterns on how we related to them. You know, maybe your father always scared you because he was very critical and all, all of a sudden you take care of him. So there is a part inside of you that just feels, oh, I don't want to do anything wrong, and I don't want to get him on the wrong side. And uh, so that's certainly, you know, one aspect of the anxiety. But the other one is also that seeing the parent as helpless, the parent that always was somehow the, you know, maybe the person that you felt is a rock or you can rely on or someone that you just saw always is more powerful, all, all of a sudden having these roles reversed, brings up a lot of confusion. And again, this is a confusion on a deeper level, the confusion of, well, now this person is 
like the child and I'm like the adult and it's just it's hard to to reconcile, hard to compute and it's almost like two conflicting sources inside that both can create a lot of unclarity and a lot of ungroundedness and and with that also anxiety. So what is your suggestion for working through that because People have to take care of other people. I mean, how do they work through the responses they have, the feelings they have? Well, I think it's important that you do have sufficient self-care while you're caring for someone else. Because when you care for someone else, you are losing often touch with yourself. You know, I, I saw this, and I didn't really take for a long time care of my father, but I, I saw when I was there for my father, and I helped him to go to the bathroom. I helped him, you know, to to get washed and things like that. Uh, it just really sh- changed the role. I mean, it was a, it's a very interesting experience, but I also noticed that I was so focused on his reactions at the beginning that it was easy to lose my, you know, my connection to myself or my relationship to myself. So I found it important to also have a moment to, you know, almost like recenter, whether it's through writing about your emotions, whether it's through simple relaxation or meditation exercises, whether it's also about, you know, just reminding yourself, why are you doing this? You do this because you care about the person, you have compassion for this person, but you cannot really take away their suffering or you cannot really make it all better. All you can do is just giving your best. I mean, there are certain things you want to remind yourself of so that you don't lose yourself in this situation, that you don't feel like that you go down into the overgiving and ultimately in that moment create also this, again, disconnecting with that anxiety inside of you. A person after my own heart, Dr. Shaw, because at the end of every show, I say to the listeners, you need to do just one thing for yourself this week. You can do more, but you need to do just one thing for yourself. So thank you for that. Let's talk about some of the common things we run into. So one of the most difficult things I see people struggling with is negative self-talk. So how do you get yourself to shut up and stop it already? It's not very nice, right? Sometimes it's, how we it's talk not. About the way we speak to ourselves is is often worse than how other people speak to us. Absolutely, yeah. Well, and we would never dare to say something to what we say to ourselves to someone else, and uh, can be quite an interesting and shocking uh, revelation if you're sitting down and. Every time you have a negative thought, you actually verbatim write it down and you see, wow, what am I doing? How, how mean am I? And, you know, the second revelation is that you usually find out that these thoughts have patterns. These thoughts repeat themselves. Most people that have negative self-talk usually have five or six topics they are just using different words for, but they come up over and over and over again. Now, what doesn't work, I can tell you, is ignoring those thoughts. What doesn't work is going on a ride with those thoughts and spiraling out of control. And what also doesn't work is getting angry at yourself that you have those thoughts in the first place because all of this is basically putting fuel into the fire. Now, what does work is to listen to those thoughts, as, especially those negative thoughts that seem to spontaneously bubble up, more as thoughts that come from that deeper 
place within, again, from the subconscious mind, and then seeing them as questions and not necessarily as statements. You know, questions about, well, am I really safe? Am I really okay? Am I really good-looking? Am I really able to do this? So if you see this more as a part of you that's wondering about the safety or about the lovability or acceptability rather than a factual statement, you can then also answer this question with much greater kindness and uh, redirect the thought this way. You know, I had a client today who was very afraid of failure and uh, I only saw him now the second time, but just by giving him this exercise to listen to his thoughts, write them down, ask a simple question if that thought is really 100% true, and then redirecting it into a more positive and more empowering way of thinking about a situation, his negative thoughts decreased in two weeks by 80%, simply because the subconscious is ultimately only looking for a resolution of confusion. So if there is any negative thought coming up, don't see it as you insulting yourself, don't see it as a way for you to hurt yourself, see it more as there is a confusion inside about my worthiness or uh, whether I'm fitting in or whether I'm uh, really capable and I'm just directing my mind through positive counterbalancing thoughts in that what I want to believe about myself or the world and not what that question is maybe uh, suggesting. I have I have one more question for you. Actually, I have a lot more questions for you, but our time is running out, and and your answers <laughs> are are so meaningful. So part of the problem also is is seeing ourselves as a victim. I mean, how do you stop identifying yourself as a victim? Wow, that's a really you know that's actually part of my next book. This whole you know the archetypes and the victim is such an important archetype. And, uh, you know, ultimately the victim sees itself as someone who is powerless, as someone who doesn't really have uh, any choice and so has been pushed into certain situations that, uh, you know, leave it there in a place of hurt and anxiety and often anger and resentment. So if you are simply turning it around and seeing whatever happened to you right now as an opportunity to learn from it, seeing the person that hurt you or maybe abandoned you or betrayed you as a teacher that has something important to convey to you, you're seeing it all as more fertile ground for you to expand and become more the person that you are or that you want to be then feeling like, well, I was dealt a bad hand and I'm stuck. And what I mean with that is simply that, you know, often I work with people that have been uh, going through horrible abuse during their childhood. And uh, for years they have been told they are victims and they have been seeing themselves as victims. And there's absolute importance also to honor that, that they were victimized and that they were put into situations that made them powerless. But at the same time, now they have the opportunity to not identify themselves with that, what happened, but to find their identity beyond them through, for example, learning to give themselves what they never received or being able to have compassion and forgiveness for themselves and for others. I mean, there are many opportunities 
in that state of being the victim that ultimately lead to empowerment. Dr. Shav, this has been such a great interview, and I think you've really already have helped so many people. How do, give us your contact information, if you would. Uh, the website to just see what uh, I can do for you and uh, the book and CDs and things I'm offering is thefearandanxietysolution.com. And I'm offering sessions, uh, individual sessions all over the world uh, through Skype or the phone. So you can always set up a free consultation and we can see what uh, we can do for each other. Give us your website one more time, if you would. It's the fear, the fear and anxiety solution.com. The fear and okay. anxiety solution.com, all in one word. Great. Okay. Thank you again so much. Uh, this is a really Thank good interview, you. and the book is outstanding. Thank you. Thank you. It was when, a pleasure. Thank you. When we return, we'll be talking to Kathy Walsh uh, about 30 Days to a Mindful Home, a simple guide to creating peaceful habits for your family, and it's a companion to her work on raising peaceful kids. Uh, peaceful kids. Think about it for a moment. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Where's your mom? What's she doing? You'd know if she was at Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. You'd know she's enjoying a full day of activities program just for her interests, like art classes, volunteering, pet care, and card club. And she's home by dinner. And what's different is that Sarah Care actually has nursing care right there with her. So you'd know. Try one free day of care at Sarah Care. Call 330-451-6108. How's your mom? She's just fine at Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives. But most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. There is a distinct connection between your physical health and your spiritual health. You would be surprised at how closely the two go hand in hand. By taking care of your body, you take care of your spirit. And it works the other way, too. Honor God with what He gave you. Listen for the Divine Wellness Academy radio program with Troy Izmir. Tune in live every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And be inspired to use your body for God's glory. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to Call Between Generations, and I am Dr. Merrill. So, Kathy Walsh grew up with six siblings and now has two daughters of her own. She has over 20 years' experience working with children in the arts and education. She's designed and launched programs for such institutions as the Rudolf Steiner School in New York City and the Connecticut Conservatory of the Arts. And she recently founded a peace place for kids in New York City. And since my grandchildren live in New York City, we're going to ask her about that later on because I want to hear about more about it. So Kathy is a frequent commentator and also a blogger for the Huffington Post. So welcome to Quote Between Generations, Kathy. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, thank you. So we were just got done talking to Dr. Friedman Schraub about actually fear and anxiety. And I noticed in one of your blog posts, you discuss that parents Mm -hmm. actually can parent either from love or from fear. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that a little bit to us? Yes. I mean, I think the essence of a mindful home is deciding to consciously parent positively from love. So if you are really thinking how you're going to answer a child, how you're going to engage them in a process, how you're going to explain something that's going on. If your core and your essence is kindness and love, that's always going to come through and they're always going to feel it. You just talked about my home growing up and it was crazy. I had four brothers and they all played football and they were, you know, it was just, it was a lot of people. We always had extra people at the house and, you know, there was some way that there was so much love in the room. You just felt it no matter what was going on. So it is a vibration that carries through. So what is the, actually, I, I was going to ask you, so what is the fear part that a parent would do? That they, instead of feeling love, would feel fearful of their situation or anxious about being a parent or maybe they have mixed feelings and they're feeling angry? So here's a, I can give you a really good example. I think that people would relate to. So you have dog trainers and you have dogs, right? And you, you decide to either train the dog with rewards and positive reinforcement, or you train the dog by hitting them, by not setting them up in a balanced way so that they have a, a, you know, so that they get their, their energy out and, they, you know, so you, you hit them, you punish them, you do all of that stuff. There's, there's no trainer now that would ever say that that's a good idea, but there's still people that do that, right? So I would say mm-hmm. in a home, it's like really saying, you know, by pun- constantly punishing and doing it from a negative way, like, why did you do that? Or, you know, how, like my parents would say to me, or I would say to my kids, basically, I trust you to make the right decisions. And so you either parent from that, I trust you, or I don't trust you in general, and I'm always going to be on you and always going to be coming from a place of fear in yourself. It might be because you don't trust yourself. I don't know. Or maybe I always find that the parents that are toughest on their kids are the ones that were kind of crazy themselves as kids. Did you ever feel that way? Well, what I guess I see is parents... Um, get under a lot of stress. And when they're stressed, yeah. they revert back to to old patterns. So, yeah. 
you know, and, you know, we've all had that experience of suddenly of sounding like our own mother or father <laughs> and yeah. hearing ourselves say something that we used to say as a child. I would never, ever say that <laughs> when I become a parent. Never, never. And there it is coming out of our mouths, right? Yeah, um, and that's why I say consciously deciding to parent positively. It is, it's, it is something you have to. It's like meditation where you have to say, I'm going to be in this space right now. That's hard. You know what I mean? But the more you do it, the more you practice it, even if it's 10 minutes a day, you bring yourself into that space and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I'm actually in, I'm in the moment right now. Oh, actually, this is, this is spreading out to everything I do. It's not just the 10 minutes I'm meditating. It's actually I'm at the coffee shop and I'm actually really in this moment. Like that's what it teaches you. So I think that's the same thing with parenting. It's like, it is, it's a hard job and you get stressed out, but if you can practice the positivity stuff, I think eventually it starts to take over um, those moments when you're not, you know, fully in your head, you know? So I think often what happens as parents or as caregivers, you know, they'll say like, oh, Kathy, that sounds like such a great idea. It's so great. But Kathy, you don't understand my situation. I don't have the time. I'm too stressed. I'm too overwhelmed. I don't say that lightly and I don't say that sarcastically. I I mean that really seriously. Yeah. You know, so what do you say to people? Well, well, like I just wrote, I did write a blog about... um, or an article about parenting, about nighttime routine. So say you have, you have to put the child to bed, right? You, you have to have 20 minutes, right, to get them somehow in bed. I mean, if you just take those 20 minutes a day and you go, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be present with this child for 20 minutes. And I think every parent can do that. I really do. I think it's hard sometimes, but, you know, you put down the phone, you turn off the TV, whatever it is, and you spend those 20 minutes and you say every night, I'm going to spend this amount of time and we're going to do a gratitude moment and we're going to do some breathing in and out and I'm going to listen to them and see what their day was like. 20 minutes. I really think that's possible. And that's, it has to be woven into the day, but if it can't be at least at night, I think that's a great time to do it. So actually, I was going to ask you this question later on, but but since you brought it up, let's let's talk about it now. So you you have a um, something a suggestion in your book for a meditation journey at bedtime that I really mm-hmm. thought was oh my gosh, I wish I had known that when my children were younger. Um, so can you explain that to us a little? I love this, and I'm glad that you said that because again, it doesn't again, it's not a hugely time consuming thing, but. So you're, you're sitting next to the bed and your child is lying down and you do some breathing in, three breaths, and breathing in peace and you breathe out love. Breathe in peace in your body and you breathe out love to everyone that you know. And then you say, we're going to go on a little journey and we're walking down a mountain and each step we take, we go down a step down the mountain and I hear the birds chirping, five. And as I count down, we're going to walk down the mountain. And as you're walking down the mountain, you find, you say, I feel the leaves crunching under my feet. And it's getting softer and softer. And I'm getting more relaxed. Three. You know? And so you kind of, and you could do an ocean. You could say, I'm on the wave and I'm floating out. Whatever you like. I think it should be something you're like, I'm floating in a balloon. And it's literally, you can count down from five to one. And it is so good for everybody. It's good for all of us. You know, you doing it with them. They're doing it. 
I mean, you're taking a few minutes to breathe in and out to really focus on that. Does that, does, and my kids now, I, my daughter said in college, she took a class and they started counting down at the end of a yoga class. And she said she was out so fast because <laughs> I had done that for so many years. And it's so funny. You plant a seed, but you don't know what the seed is and how it's going to grow, right? You have no idea. Right. So let's talk about rituals because um, yes. you talk a little bit about rituals in your work. And I love rituals, actually. So <laughs> explain to us what, what you mean by rituals, what kind you're, okay. you're well, referring to. The, the reason I like rituals is because what happens is, is that they become part of the routine without a lot of effort over time. So say you do it for 30 days and all of a sudden this ritual is like, hey, we're just doing this. We didn't realize it was now it's not a ritual. But so a, a great ritual would be getting up in the morning and you put on a, an, iP- an iPad, an iP- whatever, an iPod, whatever, of positive music playing in the house. So it could be whatever songs you like. And the thing is, those songs, actually, while you're getting ready, it sounds silly, but it fills the whole a place with this beautiful music. Like my mother used to sing, oh, what a beautiful morning, oh, what a beautiful day. You know, and I sing that all the time. So it's, it stays with them, and years later... They're here to hear the song and they'll think, oh, I remember that, you know, and they'll smile thinking that just played through the house. Um, maybe at dinner time you say three things you're grateful for, you know, so it's like, um, okay, we're going to just say what we're grateful for. And it's just a simple little ritual and you throw it into the day just to like add a little mindfulness, but without, I also think you shouldn't add stress, right? So I love rituals. Um, I think... Uh, maybe one of the things I said when you're going to bed, you know, putting the kids to bed at night, one other fun ritual is to tell a story instead of reading a book, which is nice, and I've written many books, but what's really nice is to actually say something, a story about you when you were a child. So, and a positive one, of course, you know, so they can actually think, oh, my mom was a child too, or my dad. They actually were children. You know what I mean? So it kind of, and they'll like relate to you being five years old. It's a, it's a fun kind of ritual. So whatever rituals you like, but if you can, if you can throw them into the part, into the day, just to make it a little bit more positive, a little bit happier without a lot of teaching kids gratitude is everything. Driving in the car to school, I used to say, oh my gosh, look at that tree. Can you believe that color of the leaves? It's so magical. Aren't we blessed? That's it. You know, it's interesting you say that because I suddenly had a flashback of driving down a road that had a lot of construction on it and they were repaving and it was really a mess, all right? Um, And, you know, usually you hear people like, oh, they're complaining and, you know, it's, oh, my gosh, this, this path in this road is so difficult. And I happened to be driving with someone who suddenly said, isn't that wonderful that the state comes in and repaves the road for us to give us really good, smooth roads? I, I so appreciate that they do that for us. And I thought, oh. oh, my gosh, what a completely <laughs> different attitude um, that is. You know, when people are sitting in their cars, you know, with, you know, <laughs> you know, and he's like, oh, this is so wonderful that they do this for us. So. And can you imagine if you have a little boy and you say, isn't this fun? And look at the truck. Isn't it great? They were girls. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. But I know boys, how they love trucks and they go crazy over it. Like, what are they doing with it? What are they doing? And isn't it fun? They're backing up and look at the lights. And now they're making this noise. And. You're like, there's so much you could add to that story, right? I think that's great. I love yeah. that story. Yeah. 
So when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking to Kathy. Um, actually, I want to talk to her about the use of gratitude for adults um, who have difficulty going to sleep. And I want to talk to her about a few more ideas that she mentions in her book, 30 Days to a Mindful Home. I want to talk a little bit about crafts, and I want to talk about the bright blue balloon. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. At Sarah Care, we provide daytime activities and health related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com. That's S-A-R-A-H care.com. If you have been experiencing addiction issues, be it drugs, alcohol, or something else, you know what it means to feel alone in the world. The Power to Create Yourself with host Ross Ramin is here to prove that you don't have to feel this way. There are others who have been there or are still there, and together we can sort out the truths and the lies in order to reveal the true essence of your character. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. To Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to Caught Between Generations. Welcome back. We've been talking to Kathy Walsh, who is the author of at least one of her books, is 30 Days to a Mindful Home, A Simple Guide to Creating Peaceful Habits for Your Family, a Companion to Raising Peaceful Kids. So, Kathy, on the break, we were talking about um, a way to help your children decrease their anxiety. Can you share that with us? Yeah, I thought it was great you had, you know, raised the issue in my questions that you sent me. And I just thought, I never thought about that before. But just think about a parent that basically parents from a a positive, loving approach. And here's a child that's anxious. But at home, they know, no matter what, right, the parent is mostly going to come from a place of positivity. Already, I would think that could calm the inside, you know, it could calm the child down to just having that kind of consistency and knowledge. And then 
also, I think what helps calming, and one of the things we do in mindfulness is we balance technology with nature. So if they're in nature or they're able to go out for walks or you're able to put the phone away at dinner, some simple balance that I think that's helpful, you know, helpful. And then focusing on positivity helps the child feel, I think, safe and that they know they're good no matter what, even if they are feeling those feelings. It's okay. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to also mention is the reason, one of the reasons I like rituals is I think it brings, going back to that, I, I think it brings structure and predictability um, yeah. to a day. And yeah. no matter what children tell you, they want structure. Um, yeah. It makes them yeah. feel less anxious and they yeah. want the predictability. So mm-hmm. if they know that Every day at dinner, they may be grumbling out. She's going to make me say three things I'm grateful for. <laughs> so what? They're going to say yeah. it. And, and actually, yeah. you know, it, it, it gives them a point in the day that is predictable for them. So yeah. it works yeah. really well. Yeah. yeah. Kathy, let's talk about, um, in, in talking about positive thoughts, reinforcing positive mm-hmm. behavior and noticing yeah. positive behavior. Yeah. Well, I love, I love this also because... You, you can stand in front of a mirror with a child and you can say all sorts of positive things to them while you're both looking in the mirror, which is so much fun. You can put little sticky notes in their backpack and say, I'm so grateful or I'm proud of you for being kind to animals. Or, you know, you can say a specific thing actually as to what it is that you're grateful for and what you're proud of them for. Um, and I think that it's really nice to add that into their day and to have them. Can you imagine? I always think to myself, if my, and my parents were good parents, but they, can you imagine if you had like a sticky note in your backpack or your lunchbox that said, I love you for being this person or for, you know, having this, whatever it is that you love about the child. It can't be just a general love, but like a specific, like something really beautiful. Like, I'm so proud that you, you cared about that, whatever, yesterday, or you were nice to your friends. Thank you for being so nice. It's just, yeah, I, the thing is, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. What you focus on grows. So if you focus on the positive, they're going to want to be more positive, right? Right. I, and I think what happens as parents uh, and as caregivers, we are, we are at times pretty exhausted. I mean, many of us are working and then yes. coming home and relating to children. So I think yeah. what tends to happen is when they're doing something that isn't acceptable, we're right there and we're telling them. You know, yeah. stop that, or this isn't acceptable. Mm-hmm. And then when we're, they're doing something that's very positive, like sitting quietly mm-hmm. and reading a book or starting their homework or yeah. playing nicely, we're, we're like, oh, thank goodness, a few moments of quiet. And so we yeah. tend to withdraw into ourselves when yeah. that really um, should be the time that we want to point that out to the child um, about what they're doing that, you know, pleases you so much and you think is so great. So it's, it's something so to think great. about uh, during so, the day. I love sticky notes. Put them all over, you know, and just put little messages like, oh, I saw you do your homework. You were so, you were so quiet. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Or, you know, I, I'm proud of you for that. Good job. Right. Right. And recognize that when your child comes home and says, Will you stop putting those embarrassing sticky notes in my backpack, <laughs> that they really don't mean it. So, And that their no, friends are don't. actually saying, oh, I wish my mom put some sticky notes in my backpack. <laughs> I agree. So, I agree with you. <laughs> so, Kathy, talk, talk to me about the bright blue balloon. Right. All right. This and is- its relationship to worry. I love that you brought this up because. 
the bright blue balloon is really teaching children that it's okay to feel your feelings. So we live in a culture of addicts. I mean, there are so many addictions and so many people addicted to so many things. And I feel like it's because we don't know how to, we don't express our feelings. And so the bright blue balloon is about allowing the feelings to come up. They can be bad. They can be good. They can be awful. They can be angry. And just as a parent, acknowledging the child's feelings is all you really need to do. We do, we do a really fun breath where we pull our hands up and it's like an ocean breath and we picture the wave and we feel the feelings and the wave comes over us and then it goes out through our feet. So it's like a wave and there was a child in my class who was being bullied and we did that wave and I could feel his energy shifting by the third time we did it. And I was like, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel angry. And then we just felt the feelings and let them go. And that's what the bright blue balloon is about. Wow. Kathy, we don't have a lot of time, unfortunately. This has been so much fun. Um, (laughs) Can you just very quickly share with us um, your thoughts about the use of gratitude for adults when they're trying to go to sleep? Oh, it's it's the key to joy. If you want to unlock that door and you focus on gratitude, all the time. If that's what you do is you focus on gratitude. Like you said, even with the, with the street being paved and the whole thing, it's like, I'm so grateful. It's raining because we need the rain. You know, I'm so grateful, whatever. Um, I think it, it just feeds positivity. It helps create a joyful vibration that goes out. People love it when you're grateful and people can feel it from you. It's like an energy. Kathy, tell us your, give us your contact information. Tell us about all your books and your website and your, your new videos. Tell us, Ooh, tell us I, okay, everything. So I have a, yeah. a brand new book called My Mindful Book of ABCs just came out yesterday. So it's an ABC book, but focusing on A is for awesome, B is for beautiful. So it's that kind of like focusing on positive words, but learning your ABCs at the same time. So I have seven children's books, two parenting guides. They're on Joy Boy. Uh, dot com. And then I have Peace Place for Kids, which is, you can down, uh, it's not all up yet, but in about a month, it'll all be up yet. And you can download videos and you can follow along my classes and do the breathing and the meditation and the journeys and go on a magic carpet ride. And my Twitter is Peace Place, the number four kids and Instagram is Peace Place F-O-R kids. Wow. Kathy Walsh, thank you so much for being with us today. You've given us lots of great information. It has been lots of fun. Thank you so much. Total joy. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So this is Dr. Merrill. I'm going to do something very quickly that I've never done before. And that is some thoughts came to me as I was listening to today's show. And I want you to go back and I want you to do one thing for yourself this week, which I always ask you to do. But I want you to go back and um, if you're interested in this, listen to some prior shows that we did. So, for instance, Dr. Schaub was talking about what if. We always say to ourselves, what if, what if this, what if that. And it, and it makes is very anxious and at times very fearful. So I want you to go back and listen to the show on the gift of maybe, the gift of maybe. 
And the part that he was talking about where we become victims and what we feel, there are two shows that I think you might want to go back and listen to. One is on family estrangement, and the other one is on emotional and verbal abuse and how we become victims and continue to allow ourselves to become victims. And the last thing I want to share with you uh, in talking to Kathy Walsh when we were talking about play and mindfulness and and how we use play with children and having fun with them and, and and just being more positive is about two weeks ago, I did a Facebook Live on play as a behavior management tool. So instead of using discipline, how do you use play to actually help you get through the day with your kids, especially in getting up in the morning and going to bed at night and coming to dinner and doing your homework. So this is Dr. Merrill. This is Quote Between Generations. I hope you'll leave us a review. It helps us to share what we're doing with others and you'll watch us on Facebook Live uh, tomorrow. And I hope you have a really good week. Remember, one thing, that's all you need to do. Just one thing for yourself this week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Caught Between Generations with Dr. Mel Griff. Our program is live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to see you here next week.